episodes of Game Michael of Thrones. Michael is singing an octave or so higher. Tyrion walked around King's Land. This was my only source of income. Jon Snow felt incredibly scared How and nervous. How will I support my family now that it's over? Hello, I'm your host Michael Fry and welcome to The North Awaits, a weekly podcast dismembering and examining the innards of each episode of Game of Thrones for the 8th and final season. An obvious reminder that spoilers are coming, so if you haven't seen episode 6 and decide to listen anyway, you are a bigger idiot than Samuel Tarly. I'm joined as usual by my unusually long-armed colleague and Joe's Lord of the Reach, Carl Kinsella, <laughs> and, and by music journalist and Joe's very own Sweet Robin, Dave Hanratty. <laughs> uh, you can't see it with myself and Carl are wearing matching Game of Thrones hats because his man bought me one so a big thank you to Mrs. Kinsella yeah thanks man um, he bought one she, she bought one for you and Rudy yeah and then me which makes me like the Theon Greyjoy of the Kinsella yeah family. very true actually and yeah. then bastard child Dave got nothing so uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, why didn't I get Rudy's hat man like, I feel really left out <sighs> see yeah. you gotta take these things up with Rudy I, I can't answer for, I can't answer <laughs> for that guy <laughs> It's just upsetting. Uh, thank you very much, by the way, for inviting me on. Yeah, yeah, you're here at last. How are you feeling? I'm a bit nervous. I had, a, I told you this already, but I had a genuine nightmare about this, like a vivid nightmare about doing the show and completely fucking it up. And halfway through, we basically stopped and you guys were like, look, one of us has to go. And it was me, because it's not my show. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, hopefully it goes better than that. Hopefully that's not going to happen. Yeah, and you don't just lose control. Um, but that's not going to happen. Um, I'm serene. Yeah, <laughs> let's just dive right in, shall we? Because uh, big episode, and I want to talk about the character that disappeared, Danny. How did we feel about that? I think I think that it was well executed, and that she was well executed. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I actually I liked everything to do for once, for once in my probably entire life, or at least since season five or six. I liked everything to do with Jon Snow in this episode. Okay, she yeah. thought it played to Kit Harrington's rather like morose strengths. Mm. You know, he's a bit of a downer at the best of times, and that doesn't really work too well when he's playing the action hero. But when he's killing the woman he loves, morose is you know it actually becomes a real strength. Yeah. Uh, so when it came to that scene I thought it was it was nice it was touching like she was kind of she was melancholy because she was happy that she had she had achieved her goals of you yeah. know like taking the Iron Throne she's also kind of sad you know like she clearly was pained to punish Tyrion clearly mm. had some weight as far as you know she tried to justify her her inferno by saying Cersei tried to use the innocence of the people of King's Landing against mm. me and all in all I think she actually justified what she did from a military standpoint yeah. quite well um, so I think it was a t- touching moment between the two of them you could feel the love there you know he he had those those immortal words you know you're my queen and then bam dagger yeah. I, do, I don't know if either of you guys got this for a split second I couldn't tell who stabbed who for a second I thought she might have stabbed she might have caught on to his game and no, stabbed him I knew it was him because because uh, the conversation like that that scene with Tyrion before he went out to do I thought was amazing I thought it was really really cool and you could really see the kind of the conflict in him where he's like I know I have to do this and I have to do it now because Tyrion's like you have to make a decision because if you don't do it she'll execute me and then you're fucked you're next and he's like oh god you know but it's it's weird in that like he still he did it and then there's later on where you know you find out he's been arrested and he's kind of uh, in prison or whatever and he's kind of like it still doesn't feel like the right thing. But that you conversation, know, which I loved. That you know? conversation with Tyrion was mm. a nice uh, exchange. Yeah. But it was like exhibit one million of the case against, or like the case for how stupid Jon Snow is. Yeah. Because like there was a bit where like Jon was like, oh, she had to do it. And then Tyrion's like, would you have done it? And Jon's like, oh, I guess not. You know, like, and then and then he's like, but still, she's my queen. That and then, scene was insane. Oh, and then Tyrion, Tyrion's like, but what if she tries to burn Arya and Sansa? And he's like, oh, I guess that's a good point. And it's just like, oh my it God. It no sense, because I mean, he basically was like, if you were on that dragon, would you have done this, John? And John was like, oh, I don't know, man. And I was like, no, there's nothing in the show. And like, they've yo-yoed so many characters. Mm. But with this, not a hope would Jon Snow have done no, never, what no, he was asking. Never. And he was kind of like, oh, I don't know, man. And even like the final scene, I agree with you. I thought it was brilliantly executed. I think like this episode was a microcosm of the whole season in as much as the last ones have all been technically amazing yeah. I think the acting has been excellent pretty much yeah, uniformly yeah. Like, mm. uh, but they're all in service of terrible scripts and increasingly bad narratives mm. um, I loved the sequence with John and Danny. I thought it was very well done but I just didn't buy into their love so for me it didn't really have too much weight to it however I would like to talk about the MVP of that scene who for me was Drogon oh yeah because oh, yeah. Drogon 
Euron had some amazing character work in this episode, right? Because yeah. you have the bit where he basically, after he shows up hilariously to be like, uh, "What's going on on here?" Yeah, then, geez, yeah. <laughs> and then proceeds to burn down the throne in like an amazing like. I care not for your human blood politics anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bizarre little rant well, then flies away. That's well, what, I th- what I loved as well was the scream. Because uh, I was listening to it uh, in in my house, in my flatmate's bedroom. It was above mine. She was asleep. And, you know, they even increased the volume of it. Mm. So when he does it, there's this terrifying, like, screech of grief. And it was kind of like, I was afraid because it would my flatmate up. You, like, you can see the terror in John. He's kind of like looking at the dragon and being like, yeah. I, I did I killed your mom <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know that kind of way he's like I deserve this well but, it sort of know. it reminded me of when he screamed at the dragon uh, in the Battle of Winterfell the yeah. ice dragon and I kind of I was wondering like is he about to scream at, at the dragon again yeah. <laughs> thankfully he didn't do that but yeah. I didn't do anything <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you didn't see what happened I'm pretty sure <laughs> she fell yeah yeah but nobody saw what happened Like, which makes me wonder like okay because you don't see a scene where like the Unsullied run in and like nab him in the act so I'm wondering did Drogon like go to a fucking phone box and like send in an anonymous yeah, yeah, crime, well, crime he, call. He flew yeah, off with the bodies. He did off the bodies. Just dropped her somewhere. You, yeah, bodies you, gone. The weapons gone. I assume John just went up and went, "Yeah, I did it." Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, yeah John, knowing John, he doesn't lie. One hundred percent. John turned himself in within seconds. I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, you're right. I did like the bit where Drogon seemed to somehow identify the metaphor of the Iron Throne and yeah. think this needs to be dis- for these people to move on with their lives I need to destroy this throne someone needs to step up here yeah exactly yeah. so Drogon definitely the MVP of that scene um, I, don't, I don't know it, it felt weird in that like like they haven't really been that consistent with the dragons but like I, how would he know what a throne is you know that kind of way and like before he's just like a mindless kind of killing machine and he you know disobeys his mother and stuff and now he finally like does she talk to him like, I think I don't know. the dragons are smart because yeah. obviously we saw in episode one of this season when John and Danny were making out and Drogon was like dude yeah. that's your aunt I love <laughs> his know? face actually yeah, you know, like he's, he's so expressive really and, judgmental you know, kind of face yeah. uh, for a dragon you know like given that he just burned all these people alive you know like he, he's, he's one to talk you know when he's <laughs> yeah. if he swoops down and he's like oh what did you do it's like well I could ask <laughs> you the same question Drogon I leave you crazy kids alone for two minutes yeah <laughs> what's up guys what did I miss yeah, yeah yeah but I love when he's kind of you know poking Dracarys the body anyone yeah. woo <laughs> I love when he's poking the body I don't know if you've ever seen the film The Iron Giant uh, it's one of my favourite films ever it's like an animated yeah. film yeah it's brilliant and you know he kills a deer and he's trying to move the yeah, deer and, yeah. and you know the whole guy is like stop touching the deer like it was kind of like that and that it's, was, like, it's it just was, so sad that was painful yeah what's happened you know, and it was nice way. I mean because I think obviously a big part of this season has been trying to justify Danny's descent into madness mm. and I like touches like that because it really reinforces the idea that the dragons are her children yeah. and I think if you if you conceptualise Danny as someone who has lost two children yeah. uh, three really if you count Khal Drogo's chi- like actual human child yeah, in the yeah, first yeah. season you know it, just the way she behaves makes a lot more sense I think yeah you know? but also she threw it back at John being like uh, he's like you executed these people she's like you did the same thing sorry like you know when the Night's Watch killed you you came back and you hung them all do you know mm-hmm. what I mean and then that's that's what I like about kind of introducing that conflict in John and that kind of he's constantly trying to justify what Daenerys is doing and you know Tyrion's talking about love and all that kind of stuff but you realise he, he's still clinging on to this kind of hope that she is a good person she's done all these things for the right reasons but there's just certain things you can't justify yeah. but I, I really loved those kind of, those two characters you know and I'm so happy they got the ending they deserved yeah, I th- I think I agree. I mean, definitely John, because I I especially like the whole you know he's obviously sent his punishment for killing Daenerys is to is to you know ostensibly join the Night's Watch. Yeah. But I think what that final shot was telling us was that he's going to be like a king beyond the wall, like Mance Raider was. Well, you more know, kind he's of leading out all these wildlings. It's like a charity of, yeah. kind of thing, and at least helping the wildlings settle in again. You see, kind of the the blades of grass mm. come out of the snow, and I I love that in that he's kind of just. just like, I yeah. think I think the wildlings will kind of unite behind him as yeah. they kind of already have done, and like. Like they did behind Man's Raider and you know it was really obvious when John was kind of in love with Ygritte which was a much more believable love story Definitely, by the way totally than was, Daenerys yeah. Targaryen it was given more time to breathe oh given yeah. more time to breathe it was, yeah. and it, it clearly meant so much more you know that John did like this idea of being free you know yeah. so I think it's cool that, that his ending is to go and in my mind I think he's definitely going to be a king beyond the walls if I, figure. I may sorry well, first of all just put a tag on Drogon I love that the last mention of him is that you know he's out there somewhere like Jason Bourne like, yeah, yeah true yeah <laughs> so true like, 
However, uh, you guys, you sound like you guys really like this episode. There's a lot of positivity coming here. Yeah, do you know what? I, I was actually, going yeah, against the grain. I think I was mad when I watched it. Uh, and I'll get on to why. Um, <laughs> but afterwards, I was kind of like, do you know what? I'm actually quite satisfied with the ending of the majority of the characters in it. It was cheesy, but I come to expect that of this season. And it was kind of like, if you take the show as like, it is what it is. And the, the comparison I've, I've made uh, throughout these podcasts is, is The Dark Knight Rises. In that it's something that when you're watching it, it's incredibly entertaining. You go out afterwards, you're kind of like, ah, oh, it was kind of stupid. But the ending of The Dark Knight Rises is lovely. And it's kind of like, okay, well... I'm happy with it. That's kind of... That's, it's the perfect end to a very mediocre season. You know what I well mean? That's, I think there's been problems since season six with pacing and mm. rushing things and things feeling weird. But as far as like a standalone, you know, final chapter of a story, I actually think it was really strong because I think it just... It ended... It gave some... It tied up all the loose ends, basically. Yeah. And, uh, you know, gave it had enough emotional resonance. I would have liked more emotional resonance, but it it just it cleared the threshold for emotional resonance resonance. Mm. Um, the probably the thing I liked the least was uh, Arya's ending. I didn't understand her whole like Spin-off, the baby. whole Christ- yeah. Christopher Columbus kind of vibe. I was like, yeah, what's west of west? <laughs> you know, like yeah. uh, and like everyone just being like, I don't know. And her being like, well, I'm going to go find because obviously I yeah. think what we've come to know Arya as is like a lethal assassin. So, you know, her, I, she's she's going on a gap year, basically. Um, <laughs> she's, well, she's an explorer, and it's kind of like finding her purpose if her purpose isn't revenge. She's travelled a lot, and it's kind of like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do, because I'm not going to be a queen. So It wouldn't make sense for her to just stay there. Yeah, that do you know what sense. I mean? So I'm, I'm happy enough with it. To be honest, Arya, you know, she seems very disposable now because of it, in that she wasn't a huge part of the ending to it. The whole Night King thing, I could take her leave. And her, you know, her plots. When she went to Bravos and stuff like that, I was kind of like indifferent to it as well. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not a huge Arya fan anyway. Oh my God, like <laughs> that's sacrilegious. I know, it's I'm mad. I, and I'm so surprised because she won. We did a, a game, World, World, Cup, Cup. Cup, yeah. World Cup Game of Thrones and she won it. Handily, yeah. yeah. Like, that doesn't yeah. surprise me at all. Which, I think Arya is the best character. She's badass, but at the same time, I'm still kind of like... I think sometimes oh. she's more device than character and I think Maisie yeah. Williams does a great job. And as a matter of fact, I mean, I have a lot of problems with this episode. I have a lot of problems with this season. I have a lot of problems with this show. And I'll get to <laughs> those. got a lot of problems yeah. 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 if you'll allow it but I mean yeah. what I will say is this there was two moments in this episode that actually really hit me emotionally I thought they were excellently done yeah. and one was Arya saying goodbye to John. I thought that was beautifully done I yeah. thought her kind of shedding one single tear and like saying that she still got the sword was great yeah. but then and they're playing that fucking amazing music as well which just gets yeah. you yeah, yeah. it's impossible not to because the thing about John Raman Jawadi oh, MVP. MVP I mean like 100%. him and Drogon MVPs I mean like the thing is like John Snow, like Kit Harrington, to me, like developed into the role quite well after about four seasons. Like until then, he just looked the part, and then all of a sudden, he started knowing how to play this character. Then they yeah. fucked him with the writing, which is a shame because you think about that scene when it's revealed that he is the the son of Lyanna yeah, Stark, yeah, yeah. and the transition of the baby to his face with that incredible sweeping music. Mm. Like it gives me fucking goosebumps. And that just incredibly old looking baby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a stunt baby, or yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. But, yeah. <laughs> but like the scene that comes up after the Arya bit was uh, Brienne uh, uh, completing Jamie's story in the book, which yeah. I, like I, I like I'll be brilliant honest guys I burst into tears I thought thought it was exceptional however I wish they didn't hook up randomly in the previous season it should have been unrequited it should have been this wistful thing that you know she finishes the story but she never got to love him because they they ruined that as well but I just thought that that was a great ending to Jamie's character because he goes down the history books as a noble knight again it it fucks with the yo-yoing of the character the previous week when he's saying I don't care about the people which is insane and Benioff and Weiss have so much to answer for so just let me know when you want that rant because I've got (laughs) it I I actually I really like that but I was really kind of hoping that it would kind of like slowly zoom in on what she was writing and it would just be like we had sex yeah. <laughs> like had sex with Brienne of Tarth or I think know? like because uh, the last episode Varys was done for writing notes and there, that thing from Mean Girls where it's like she is a fugly son <laughs> yeah, and I saw yeah. the same thing again with <laughs> yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. my brother texted but my brother is furious with this season in the episode and he texts me saying like Brienne writing Jamie's Wikipedia entry in Comic Sans the perfect end to a shit season which I, I don't really you know I yeah I, I <laughs> mean like, it is a little silly but I, I still thought it was very sweet it's a good line I still though. liked it yeah Shouts to your brother yeah that's, no like yeah I, I really liked it I thought it was it was a nice way to rent off because I think this kind of kind of response to what you're saying Dave is like I think when Jamie gave that speech to Brienne it wasn't necessarily entirely in earnest I think it was partially like what can I say to make Brienne understand why I'm leaving so like yeah. is all that like I think she's hateful and I'm hateful too I think that was Jamie kind of lying to himself and lying to the audience 
because I think we all know by now that Jamie is a decent enough guy like we've seen so much evidence of it Yeah. Uh, and when he went back there he didn't go back to aid Cersei or anything he literally just went back to die with her which I'm okay with I, mean, yeah. I thought their ending was yeah. actually perfect I saw a lot of people kind of say that they wanted Cersei to be like like horrifically murdered and like I'm I'm fine not seeing like a pregnant woman get disemboweled <laughs> on TV <laughs> I thought her ending was actually perfect because it's the first time in the show that she breaks she's cowardly yeah, she's pathetic yeah. she's begging for her life and no one sees it it's so unceremonious she goes out like that her impact and legacy is gone instantly by Danny, mm. and she dies with Jamie, which kind of makes sense and I actually really enjoyed the start of this episode with Tyrion going through and finding them and that it was, was horribly it yeah. wasn't necessarily necessary but Peter Dinklage fucking owned it yeah. yeah to be fair this actually this episode was such a relief in terms of being a return to form for Peter Dinklage mm. because this show has just made him like you know as Danny's right hand man who just kept on making all of these mistakes um, but it was also kind of very subservient so and on the back foot as well yeah, like. yeah. but this one I love that moment where he goes up to her and he rips off his hand of the clean bag he throws it yeah. down the stairs I thought that was excellent and she's just like you're you're dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is class. Well, just like just don't a, you dare. Yeah, just a man who has had enough though. Like yeah. as in with like just this show has seen so many bad rulers, and it's just mm. like all these characters like Varys and Davos and Tyrion reaching this point of like ah for fuck's sake like could you just not have burned those people so yeah that was actually a great moment when he tossed the uh, tossed the hand pin aside I like that a lot yeah yeah. I'm going to move on to the bit that really annoyed me and this is the the whole small council fellowship of the ring kind of minute yeah with everyone in the thing right why is Bran the king why why I, is Bran the I, king? I, I, I think I can answer this right oh. I think I can answer this because I've seen so many people disagree with the idea that Bran should be king right and the fact is Bran knows everything if I had a guy who knew everything I would probably put him in charge of something I have him as an advisor he's no social skills or anything but he Why doesn't would he, he, do? he doesn't I mean I guess a king probably should have some kind of social skills yeah but maybe he'll learn, you know, like he'll relearn the social skills. Like he seemed to have a bit of personality there at the small council meeting at the mm-hmm. end. Like I think we're like, I think the implication is the brand is going to rehumanize uh, right. as time goes on. I mean, but I guess a clear answer to your question is that Sansa doesn't want it. Sansa wants to rule the North. Sansa yeah. doesn't want to rule the entire Seven Kingdoms. Arya is not a queen. Arya, you know, she does her own thing. She doesn't want to be leading a whole bunch of people. Yeah. I loved bringing back Edmure Tully yeah. just to dunk on him. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, how yeah. funny <laughs> is that to, like, bring back a character just to make him look like an idiot? Like, yeah. so I think, actually, that was, like, Sophie Turner's finest moment of the whole show. And she's, she's like, just like, sit down. Yeah, yeah. Uncle... <laughs> Please sit. It's just like, oh my yeah, god. Yeah, I, I don't know. For I mean, for but Bran, who else could have been king? Who else could have been king? I wanted Sansa to be queen. You but know she I, mean? want I wanted it, a Sansa-Tyrion want kind of, you know, that's Access. what I wanted. That's the point, though. I think like but, Bran is a figurehead. I think they're going to remake what ruling is in the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was that moment though that I fucking hated where they kind of go, oh, democracy. I, <laughs> so, oh, would Samuel Tarney stood up and say, well, maybe, yeah. you know, all the other people could vote the king yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, That's, we give the dogs the street. You got, got Yara like, Greyjoy uh, yeah. being like, huh, ridiculous. And it's like, the Iron Islands has democracy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was, that's how you became queen. I was still relieved when they laughed, though, because for a second I was genuinely worried that it, it, it was would. it was going yeah. to end with Samuel Tarly inventing democracy. Yeah. And I was just like, no, like, please don't let that be how this ends. Like, oh. when he started talking like that, I literally out loud, I was like, oh. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I was doing no. the same with this whole scene. I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Because I was on, I was on edge for how bad. When they're, they're voting ran in, each each one, I was like, fuck you. Oh, I didn't love that, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah I, mean? I didn't love the whole, I think it was very cheesy, very like 90s movie kind but of But also vibe. Sansa was just kind of like, um, nah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love you, but I, I'm going to look after the North myself. You know? She also just, just like really casually threw out the information that he can't have children. Like she was just like, he can't father child. Yeah, just like yeah. Uh, this guy, no dick for no no dick for Bran over here. It's very yeah. uh, very clueless moments. You're a virgin who can't drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's so true. Cheers, sis. Yeah. Oh well, no, I problems with that scene as well. It was yeah. just like, why is Grey Worm like? All right, fine. Yeah, couldn't really understand that. See is. Yeah, that scene I guess was the epitome of like, okay, we need to wrap things up. I, li- I like Grey Worm in this episode. Yeah, he's great. I really did. I thought because he was such a kind of a nothing character right up until. Sande was killed and even then I was still like ah oh, he's gonna die or something and this one it really showed him face off with Jon Snow and that was really amazing having an ally in 
you know, in Daenerys. And I actually thought when she was like, oh, this man's been behind us the whole time. I thought she was going to be like, marry me, Grey Worm or something. Yeah, something, something weird yeah. like that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he, he was so just... Um, like angry at the whole thing you know you, you could see it seething in him and he was just so mad and all that kind of stuff I really liked that he was allowed to explore that I, I loved in I think in the first five or six minutes there's a standoff between him and John. yeah where uh, you know Grey Worm is about to execute the Lannister prisoners John tries to tell him to stop that's a fantastic little you know like impasse between those two characters mm. and you're watching it and like I, you know it's, it's kind of fun to you know like think about who's stronger who would win in a fight between the characters and when you see a face off like that I was watching it and I was like whoa Grey Worm would kick his ass I wanted like, the fight yeah, I thought we were going to get the fight I was like if this yeah. comes to it Grey Worm is going to absolutely wreck him um, which is kind of cool. It's always nice to get those kind of weird moments of confirmation where it's like, oh, Grey Worm definitely has this physical oh, yeah. brand here. Yeah, yeah. But also for John, who's, who's trying his best to save people, but knows he's powerless and yeah. he does this really big, terrible thing. Um, yeah, loved it. Loved Grey Worm this episode. And I, I didn't really like Grey Worm before, but, you know, I don't know. I, I did like, I mean, I didn't really understand his, well, I know I did understand his ending in terms of, mm. He fulfilled his promise to Missandei. You know, when she was alive, he told her that he would take his people to Nath and protect the peaceful people of uh, of of her land. Mm. And obviously Missandei is gone, but he's fulfilling the promise. Like, they set sail for Nath, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess that makes sense to me. I don't know why the Unsullied just jailed John instead of killing him when it turned out that he killed him. I didn't understand that. I can't either, yeah. follow that at all, but I guess you just suspend disbelief for some things. Yeah, yeah, and I I wasn't sure how far in the future we were with the trial and all that. Yeah, kind of stuff. he had a slightly longer beard. Yeah, John, maybe that was yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like so, I don't know how to deduce how yeah. long he was there. But definitely a longer beard. They haven't been great at time jumping or location moving. Yeah, uh, yeah not for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I a think, huge issue. I think. Okay, for me, like it comes down to the crux is this, and it, it, like this is my rant, if I may. I mean, once they... Like, I know people kind of cite this all the time. They say once they lost the books, then that's when it goes to shit. And, like, I've read the books. I'm not someone who thinks they're a sacred text. Okay. I think they're good. Yeah. I think George R. R. Martin has a lot of problems. I think he can be a very meandering writer. I think yeah. he can be very, very very repetitive. He loves introducing 60 new characters that don't really pay off. Uh-huh. His, his writing of women is genuinely problematic a lot of the time. But when he's good, he's good. And when the show was great... It was based off his moments. That yeah. they fair play to them. They they adapted it. They had the balls to do it. To be faithful, they directed it perfectly. Mm. They cast it incredibly well, and they executed it. Pretty. You think of Red Wedding. You think of Mountain mm. Viper. You think of you know execution of Ned Stark. Ned, Ned, yeah. Ned Stark. Yeah. yeah. Once Benioff and Weiss got the book, essentially, they just kind of lost it. And I think the big thing for me is character moments and individual personal moments and knowing what a character is and what they're thinking and what they want apart from them just literally telling you. Yeah. Because the last three or four seasons, right, and it is when John comes back to life. That's when it starts, the cracks start to show. And for me, it's like you have all these sequences of characters just kind of walking around and just being like, I'm going to go over here now. I'm mm-hmm. going to take that. You don't get these kind of intimate, brilliantly written and brilliantly acted moments. And the one that I came back to, because I went on a, kind of on a whim, I rewatched The Red Wedding, which led me to mm. uh, a sequence with Catelyn Stark, uh, played by Michelle Fairley, amazingly in the scene. And it's the sequence where they're on the road and she's talking to Talisa, Rob's wife. And she tells the story of how Jon Snow got pox as a baby. Oh, yeah, that's a great scene. So it's about three minutes long. And in it, Michelle Fairley does this monologue. And of course, for any great actor, a great monologue is what you live for. Mm. And she fucking crushes it in the scene. It's amazing. She tells the story about how Jon was brought home, obviously, as a bastard. And of course, we, we would find out eventually that like there was no dishonor here. But of course, no one knew this. Mm. And she says how she she prayed to the gods that, he, that the baby would die. Oh, yeah. And would get out of her way and she could move on with her life. And she could not only uh, not acknowledge this child, but could, of course, never love it. So this happens and she's like, it's my fault. And then she prayed to all the other, like all the gods, whatever, and said, if you save this child, if this child makes it through the night, I will love him. I will love mm-hmm. him like a, like a mother and, I, and, and we will name him Stark and he will be a part of this family baby lives she can't go through with her promise mm. and she says I couldn't go through with the promise and all the horror that has happened to my family since is because I broke my promise yeah, yeah, yeah. she is incredible in that scene Yeah, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about her now like, I, I, I got emotional watching that scene I can't pick a moment in the last three or four years that are anywhere close to that I can't name you one I enjoyed Tyrion and Jamie. In I that, thought that in was nice last, in the last episode I mean I think Rory mentioned it last time and I don't think we spent enough time talking about it but I really loved that scene between Tyrion and Jamie, where Tyrion's like you're the only one who didn't think I was a monster that was I, nice I love that I think it's an issue of timing like like mm. you say in the earlier seasons 
actors had three or four minutes to like play around with things and really express themselves yeah. you know much slower paced dialogue you had amazing scenes where you know when Lena Headey gives Littlefinger the uh, power is power speech yeah, when she turns all amazing. the knights on so you just have these or like Varys and Littlefinger with the chaos is a ladder monologue so much time for each character to really feel the writing whereas like like you say in the more recent episodes or more recent seasons even it's all about spectacle and it's built around the spectacle you know it's built around the spoils of war where the dragon swoop in and mm. Dothraki are on horseback firing arrows or it's built around you know an army of the dead coming towards you or built around the Night King and there is just I would say if you average it out and looked at like the amount of words spoken per episode for the first few seasons compared to the most recent seasons I'd say mm. it's like cut in half almost yeah. like even in this most recent episode there's very little dialogue Yeah. Um, and I think that's what like it boils down to I think it still managed to be good in spite of that like I think it still managed to like hold the attention just enough mm. but I think it has lost its emotional punch a huge yeah. issue that granted was kind of out of their like circumstances and control to a degree was once these characters go once these players are taken out uh, you know your Tywins your Starks uh, Oberyn and, and so yeah, on yeah, yeah. they're gone and then the one the character you're left with may not be as interesting yeah but you got to give them something to do. Yeah, and I don't yeah. think they did that successfully. And like you mentioned, the writing, like Colin Hill, who plays Varys, did a very like crestfallen exit interview with Entertainment Weekly after episode five, in which he said that when he was told that he was being written out, he he was inconsolable, and he carried that with him through the shooting and over the summer. He was just devastated, and he was angry, and he was just really lost, and he took it really, really personally that he mm. was being written out. And even doing the interview with the person, he kind of says, well, look, he, he tries to be deferential, but he does criticise the writing and he does say, I think it's lost something. And for a character like him, who got almost nothing to do yeah, for yeah. approximately three years, it's such a waste. He's such a big loss this season, I think, Varys. Not that he died. I liked his death, but there, like, there was just, they, they went through his story at breakneck speed and really didn't give him time to, you know. But I yeah. think this episode did give people time to breathe. I know we had the kind of epilogue bits, if you know what I mean, but the whole scene with John and Danny, how all that took so long to resolve itself, I really liked that because it well, needed the time. Well, that's it. Whenever the show gives the characters time, it works like the small council meeting at the very end with Bronn mm and uh, Davos Tyrion and I thought that was brilliant I loved the small council scene that made me want to like that made me wish there was a whole another season of Game of Thrones no it's, it, so I, I, loved, thought, I, I loved, thought it was so fan I thought it was too slapstick and silly oh, I enjoyed it, was, it. I you it know pod, pod come in and wheel why is Pod like oh, I don't know who, who like cares that. Pod's you know he's around he's he's helping he's know. helping Bran it felt too kind of dream come true happy, happy ever after for a lot of characters I didn't like that you know I didn't like as well there's no women on the small council only Brienne you know what I mean and it, it just got very like well they've okay. got a staff the, the three other they've got a staff yeah. Master of Whispers Master of Laws and Master of War. War. Yeah. I see. I thought Arya would have been a good pick for Master, Master of War. War. You know, yeah. if I was doing a draft pick, definitely mm. Arya. I don't know who they're going to get for Master of Whispers. Yeah. Kyburn's dead. Maybe they so. just, I don't know. I was I was expecting to see like the Prince of Dorne or someone just oh, come geez, in. Yeah. Yara or something like that. I don't know. But I just, I don't know. It just felt very like, oh, here we are now, all the lads and a bit I'd of banter between see. Davos and Braun. There's nowhere he left, stuff. though, is the problem. I mean, Yara's presumably often her own thing. Arya has exited, you know, she's like mm. exiled herself to a degree. Yeah. Uh, there's just no one left which definitely speaks to an overall problem and like, I do think it's like it's difficult to a lot of people do it I think it's difficult to like apply a 2019 lens to a fucking fantasy show that's yeah, yeah. Fans. at the same time I think Benny Offmoy have been extremely guilty of, of really clumsy writing yeah. you think about uh, the third episode or whatever the second episode where uh, not only is like Brienne publicly shamed for being a virgin which is kind of out of character for Tyrion even no matter how many drinks he's had but yeah. you also have the hound saying to Sansa oh her you got broken in rough that was the worst and it's like I know the hound is fell mouth and a bit body but like are you fucking kidding lads yeah, there are there's a line to draw I mean I don't mm. necessarily agree that like you know like the, the depiction of women always is like the worst thing ever because like, of course horrors occurred in you know like, in the middle ages in the so, middle yeah. ages I mean like I, I don't necessarily I'm not, I'm not saying I want to see it but like sometimes you got to go for the jugular with horrible things but I just yeah. think that there's no need nuance or craft I think Benioff and Weiss have exposed themselves as hacks and I don't care what they're going to do <laughs> next at all well I think yeah, the, same, yeah, the yeah. clumsy writing is definitely the case because like for example in this day and age to have a setup where like you have one woman in Cersei take power and she's nuts 
then a second woman and Danny take power and she's nuts. And then to finish it up and be like, oh, should we pick Sansa for the throne? Should we pick Arya? Not like, even considered. No, Bran. Bran has a story. weird exposition robot who's just yeah. been sitting there the whole time parroting old phrases from seasons one through four. <laughs> you know, like, and like, I, you know, I'm actually a pretty big Bran fan as far as I think fans of the show go because I think people don't really like Bran. Yeah. But yeah, definitely clumsy writers. I think Benioff and Weiss, like, yeah, you'd be so sceptical of whatever they do next. I tell you, lads, in one word, it's Brandemonium. <sighs> okay, so you're talking at the start of the episode about yeah, the nightmare the dream, thing. Yeah, that, this is, that is this is yeah, that yeah, moment. I think. I think. So if you'd this, like yeah. to take your headphones off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, what annoyed me about the, the small council scene as well is that uh, Davos is now master of ships. Is yeah. it, was that ever a thing? Yeah, he's a smuggler. Yeah, but no, was the master of ships a title before? Oh yeah, it was. It was. was uh, it? I mean, I don't remember who it used to be. Yeah, that's but, the thing. I, mean, I was just kind of like, thing. oh, it's Braun. I was expecting like master of onions or like just a thing he does. And like, why is Braun master of coin? Like we had a scene. That I was taking the ages piss. ago when yeah. Tyrion had to explain to him what a loan was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like I don't know. And then Sam coming in with his fucking oh, the Song of Ice and Fire book. That I, made I me thought that was cute as well. So you mentioned Dark Knight Rises earlier on, and I yeah. would agree with you that the ending, the very last shot, is very nice and very well put together. I think yeah. that film is a train wreck of a film. It's bizarrely <laughs> yeah. watchable, you know. Yeah, but yeah. Strong ending counts a lot. A lot of people like it's the last thing they remember. It's the first thing they talk about in the pub afterwards. Yeah, but. That scene in Dark Knight Rises when she's like, you should use your first name, Robin. <laughs> that's exactly that's yeah, what yeah, this yeah, was. Yeah, it was, yeah. oh, I've got a book, lads. Yeah. I think I'm just a bit of a simpleton. Because when he was like, it's a song of ice and fire, I was like, that's the name <laughs> of the book series. Woo! But like, that was definitely like foreshadowed way earlier on when he's in uh, the Citadel with Jim Broadbent. And he's like, oh, this yeah, this book yeah, needs something yeah, more poetic. So like, I'm, I'm fine with it. Uh, I just think it added too much cheese to it. Do you know what I mean? I was expecting cheesy ending, but that was just that was taking it was pace. certainly. I mean, especially married <laughs> married with the uh, the kind of eye voting scene where it was almost as if they were like electing the ugly girl prom queen. You know, yeah. Was like, yeah. Uh, also, you know, you think they'd want to like workshop the name. Bran the Broken a bit more before yeah, what the yeah hell? like you geez, know, like why is Bran the Broken Bran's just like yeah that's fine like, yeah, that's, that's yeah, not yeah, alright man yeah. like, you, you just Bran is fine it's I, I also possibly, liked yeah. Bran's 180 from earlier on in the season when Tyrion's talking to him about the prospect of him being Lord of Winterfell mm. and Bran is like I don't really want it I don't want it all anymore and now and then like Tyrion's like well do you want to be like king of the whole seven kingdoms and all that and Bran is like why do you think I came all this way bitch you know like he's like <laughs> Bran yeah. is in the house I'm ready to rule and it's like okay I assume people have uh, haven't seen it but I presume there's been many tweets to the effect of uh, Robin Aaron's glow up Is that oh thing? yeah yeah yeah. I always thought he always looked a bit like the lead singer of the horrors so that's who I thought would be sitting there and I was like looking forward to like seeing Faris Badwell that would have like, been fucking amazing that would so cool oh no I uh, mean who's, who's, who's been breastfeeding him since his mom died Jan Royce obviously so oh my god <laughs> that's actually one thing that frustrates me is just the fact that Jan Royce made it to the end like, <laughs> big, like noted big boy he was a Royce. prop like him and Sansa were just gossiping for the whole thing so all of his scenes in this episode involved him turning around realising someone <sighs> was listening to him talk and we never heard anything well, he, from him he, no he was the chief chuckler when Samwell suggested democracy, it kind of cut to big boy Jan Royce being like, why yeah. not slapping his stupid big bronze belly and being like, why not give my horse a voice or a vote or whatever? Yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah. I'm a big boy. I don't have time for this. He's just like, go away. Like, who even are you? He's like, Trump's America. That's who he they, is. Oh, I have no time for Jan You're Royce. pulling this down a very political. Yeah. That's what they were doing. Like, that, that was like modern day comparison, Claxon. Like, yeah. you know? No, I, I don't. Yeah. Like, like, and to be fair, the only reason them laughing at the democracy idea was was okay with me is because the democracy idea by itself was so was bad. So it was so, silly, yeah. it was so I was so worried that like I was just relieved that they were you know content to, yeah. to move on. And from it, that. it was very like you know when when Jenry proposed to Arya and they did it quite quickly. And Arya's like, no, that's ridiculous. And yeah, then, like, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Speaking here, of which, know? I would have liked, you know, a moment of awkward, you know, sexual tension, eye contact between Gendry and Arya, like when they met up again, because they were both there, you know, yeah, at yeah, the yeah. the weird, whatever you'd call it, the, mm. almost like a Senate meeting, or I don't know. I'm um, just really glad that we got to see Ghost again, and John oh, yeah. finally relief. did the right thing. Yeah. Oh, I basically cheered at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they set it up in the last episode that was, so that would happen. And you know when he goes over and he puts his hand up, and I bet you'll cut away here. 
because they can't afford the CGI and then he scratches him and it's yeah. like yes he's when such I a good boy that, I was like god I wonder if after the backlash from episode 4 did they like hurry back to yeah, the studio and like film John with like a I, I mean like, it's a beautiful moment but I just feel like Ghost is going to get hurt again you know yeah, you yeah, couldn't man. trust John at all. Like, was Ghost even was 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 she or he with him when he went beyond the wall? Uh, yeah. Oh, thank God. Him and Tormund, and I was surprised to see Tormund again. Actually, no, I wa- I I wasn't. As yeah. soon as I knew John was going back up mm. north, I was like, "That's confirmed, Tormund." Although I did love the bit where like he comes in through the door and they make the eye contact, and I could practically hear like "Take My Breath Away" by Berlin start playing. Yeah, like I thought that was so uh, that was really good. I love the the. I did love the montage sequence. You know, where everyone's it like was good. Queen of the North, all kinds of. I was kind of half expected to see the Night King and like a new job, like, coming <laughs> yeah, home yeah. to the Night Queen and, the, and a kid and him in a suit and like with a briefcase and yeah, holding his yeah. child and stuff. Oh. Like you know, happy ending for the Night King. As yeah, well, yeah. You know? it's, a, it's a real rat race out there, Doris. <laughs> 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 yeah, I actually I love the. I mean, yeah. sorry, I was going to say I love the wire. I love the montage, which was, mm. I mean. Very, yeah, on the new such and such. Very, like, yeah. Uh, I use the new Omar. Yeah, very much mm, like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a callback. Well, not a callback, but like very similar to The Wire. Um, but serious stark domination of the map by the end of it. Mm, John, yeah. King Beyond the Wall, Arya... King, King beyond Queen the of sea. America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christopher she, Columbus. She's, yeah, she's going to sail, looking for India and find America. Yeah. Just like Christopher Columbus did. Uh, Bran, King of the Six Kingdoms, and Sansa, Queen of Winterfell. I feel yeah. like in the books, it cannot end. It can't end that <laughs> nicely this, for though, the Star uh, Kings. I remember watching, like, uh, I remember my parents, who almost never agree on shows. They got into Game of Thrones. They're still with it, I believe. I remember my mother at the end of the first episode with Bran, or maybe the second one where he's in bed and he's kind of recovering. And she was like, no, he's going to be a big part of the show. She knew. Uh, however, to take the the credit off my mother, about four episodes yeah. in, when, <laughs> about four episodes in, when Sean Bean gets like a fucking lance through his calf or whatever, and the episode ends with a bit of tension, my mother said, "Sean Bean's not going to die." Yeah, you yeah. told me this story. Yeah, <laughs> spoken like a woman truly unfamiliar the with the filmography of Sean Bean. Bean. Um, you guys seem happy though. I mean, I guess you didn't sign that petition, no? <sighs> No, well, Matthew I mean, doesn't sound happy to me. You don't sound happy at all. I'm, I'm happy. I'm so satisfied that I got the outcomes I was expecting, or kind of more outcomes that made sense for everybody. Right? I'm not happy with Bran uh, at all, um, because they didn't explain the Night King stuff. That's, That's my. Just, that'll remain my biggest problem. But like I, so as I've said, like from the books, there is in the books again book spoiler if you don't want to hear anything about the book stop listening now there is no character called the Night King in the books mm. the the White Walkers are very much a faceless kind of mob of whatever they are yeah you know I like I I don't think there's two books left to go and if George R. R. Martin does finish them I don't think there is there's not going to be a Night King in the book so you know like I just think that Benioff and Weiss kind of just pulled it out of the hat and, mm. and we're like where can we go with this and in the end it got too much for them to handle and they just had to kill him off in what at least to their credit or like to the credit of Miguel Sapochnik the director was very visually cool and yeah. very exciting but story wise I actually think oh, I'm definitely disappointed that the Night King turned out to be an irrelevance yeah. and I think in terms of book lore I actually think there's nothing behind him I think he he's a total he's a he's a He's a figment of the show and yeah. not of the actual it, Song There's of just so Fire. much of the fantastical elements that just wasn't... Like, the Children of the Forest never made a return. I expected yeah. something like that. I expected something like Bran going back in time. I expected an explainer of any kind of of, for, yeah, of the yeah. magic and stuff. And they just didn't do it. And I'm wondering, are they kind of banking that stuff so they do a Netflix series or so they do something in the future? Yeah. But at the same time, it should be a show in its own right. It shouldn't have to... You know, I shouldn't have to pay more for this. Yeah, for sure, away. for like, sure. It just feels, I feel ripped off by that yeah. element of it, you know? Because the only reference we really got to it in this episode is Bran being like, do we know where Drogon is? And everyone's like, nope. He's away. <laughs> and, 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 Bran, and, Bran is, and Bran is like, well, I'll see if I can find him. Ding! And like yeah. winking at the camera, you know, like, uh, you know, I actually expected his eyes to like warg right there on the spot. I couldn't believe it didn't happen. I was like, surely this yeah. like, it's, I was waiting for like the And then just yeah. four minutes yeah. of silence and I was looking at him being like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, like, I'm going to where, go now. Where, where is he? Because, I mean, yeah, because it was literally, it was like that Theon moment where yeah. Theon is guarding and he's like, I'm going to go now, Theon. And Theon's just like, what? <laughs> what? He his voice as well. His voice got really kind of, 
odd this season. I've noticed a, a lot about their voices because I, I saw a thread on Twitter that gave us kind of two minute clips of the previous episodes and the women have kind of higher voices like see Melisandre even, uh, you know, Daenerys, Sansa and all that kind of stuff and then they're suddenly kind of lower and, you know, mm. kind of more grave and then Brands is just kind of, what is his voice anymore? Yeah. It's, it's funny like this, you know what I mean? I also it's saw someone hypothesising yeah. that, you know, Bran yeah. with his knowledge of everything and his ability to kind of disappear and do kind of arcane things that we don't know, pulling strings in the background that he basically orchestrated a terrorist attack in order to seize power. <laughs> but that is, that's what happened. That's what that's happened. Exactly there's exactly no way did, to, yeah. like, as in, there's no way around. That's a real elephant in the room, like, as in mm. Bran was playing 4D chess the whole time. <laughs> like, yeah. Bran, there's no denying that that's what happened. Like, because even when everything, whenever anyone apologised to him and Theon being like, I'm sorry for what I did, Bran is like, don't worry, don't worry. I've got this. Yeah, he's like, don't worry, you did, you man, you did what you were supposed to, you did what you were supposed mm. to. Or like, John being like, I'm sorry I wasn't there for you when uh, you needed me most and Bran's like, listen man, don't worry, I got, I got this. <laughs> it I'm worked on, out. I'm on the throne now. You know, yeah. like, just like really weird stuff like that. So I think Bran, he was playing the long game. Um, yeah, Bran is the biggest villain, essentially, of the, the series. The big question is, like, what, what does Bran want now? Because he claims he doesn't want, but we know that's not true. Ah, uh, this is interesting. Yeah. I like this, do you know what I mean? Because it's kind of like, yeah, he did. Like, I I thought his whole purpose as the Three-Eyed Raven, you know, with the Hodor and all yeah, that kind of stuff, like, was to prevent something like this happening. That's in it. that there was all these kind of uh, ideas about him whispering into the Mad King, being like saying all this sort of mm. stuff. Well, maybe he was the one being like the leprechaun on the shoulder, being like, burn him, burn yeah, him all. Yeah. That's kind yeah, of- I like how it goes from, well, we can't have a, like a mad woman on the throne and we can't have this kind of inept strategic general. Let's have a fucking magician. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, but that's yeah. like, as in, that's so true. Like, as in Bran, just the whole time. Has, you know, like, when he became the Three-Eyed Raven, his whole point was like, oh, I'm not Bran Stark anymore. I'm the Three-Eyed Raven. Mm. And people would be like, well, what does that mean? And he'd be like, it's hard to explain. Don't don't worry about it. <laughs> so, like, and now it's like he gave on that, he gave that up pretty fast as soon as he got offered the, you know. Mm. The, but the, also, the why, why is everyone else, like, democracy is such a ridiculous idea. But why is it a ridiculous idea that, why isn't there a, a ridiculous idea that Bran be on the throne? Nobody seemed to question that. Like, you know, say, like, your Yara Greyjoys or mm. your Jan Royces or... Why, why they did just they wanted, just accept I think that? They just but they also accepted Tyrion and fucking Manacles being like, all right, here's what we're doing. Yeah, oh, I thought yeah. that was funny because Grey Worm also did a 180 from being like, you're not here to speak to being like, well, get on with it. Well, he's got a point. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, did you notice that Danny never got to sit on the throne? Yes, I did notice mm. that. Was good touch. Yeah. Well, yeah. She, to- she touched the throne, so it was like, you know, the, the mirroring of the... Um, yeah, it was what she had seen in the, yeah. in the House of the Undying. Undying yeah. Well, I, I, one thing I kind of wish had happened is, you know in season one where Viserys, uh, Cal Drogo, gives him the, the gold crown, crown yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the molten gold crown? Mm. It would have been cool if... Daenerys like the, the when the Iron Throne had molted if it had kind of like come down and like gone over her body or something like that yeah um, but I guess that would have prevented Drogon from flying away with the body um, which he presumably ate because he you know he is a dragon I thought we were <laughs> going to get like uh, the ultimate fan service moment of almost kind of like Superman when he has a weird vision with his dead dad up the mountains for no reason I thought we were going to get Jon Snow riding off and like Sean Bean looking over his shoulder being like alright yeah. Yeah, <laughs> someone yeah. said that on Twitter as well it's like oh you know I really enjoyed the you know Anakin Skywalk at the end of the, you know they made a joke <laughs> that they'd bring back Sean Bean at the end yeah, like, yeah, as a ghost as yeah, a force yeah. ghost you just know? like tipping a glass of brandy in John's direction or something yeah yeah because we were we were kind of in that territory towards the end it did get very very you know cheesy. the way very cheesy. Um, they make a gag of it because you know like a few a few lols to end the show to go back to the scene that Michael had a huge problem with on the council when they were kind of like yucking it up yeah. uh, and Tyrion's like not in the book do we reckon there's a Kyburn section uh, there goddamn better be yeah. but like I mean that whole bit was a, that was really silly as well because like regardless of anything else Ty- like Tyrion was the hand of the king for the battle of the Blackwater like the whole the idea that his role in the history of Westeros wouldn't be you know well documented in universe is stupid so like I really yeah. didn't like that so yes I think there's I mean you would think I mean if your man has overlooked Tyrion he might have over, overlooked Kyburn but he sounds like a real bad historian <laughs> someone else needs to take a crack at this whole song of ice and fire thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah I thought that was a joke when they were like oh you're not in it and he's like 
what? Like, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. not like it's not a case of him being like, oh, but I'm really important. It's more kind of like, no, I I did a lot of things. I was, <laughs> yeah. a, I was a you know the hand of the queen. I was like all these different like what the fuck is going on here? Like you know, <laughs> yeah. What I was know. it all for? Yeah. What the yeah? Do you know what I mean? I don't know. What was it all for, guys? What do you think the overarching theme of <sighs> Maybe the Game of Thrones Maybe the real was? Iron Throne no, don't. was the friends we made along <laughs> the way. May, you know, just putting it out there. I'm just you... mad I didn't make that joke myself. <laughs> are you asking from a narrative point of view within the show, or are you asking in terms of a huge pop culture event that we may not see again? Uh, I'm, I'm, let's go thematically. As, as a well, Benioff himself has said before in a previous thing that themes are for eighth grade book reports, so they don't really uh, follow on that. I think thematically, I think it went from one thing and Yikes. became another thing. I think, yeah. I, th- I think it essentially, like you know, look, look. Here's the thing, and like I don't mean necessarily mean this in a disparaging way, but this is the show has always been, and it explicitly is by the very end of it, a fucking soap opera. Yeah, and that's what it became. The the intrigue, the corridors of power stuff, the kind of you know West Wing, but in medieval times, fell away a long time ago. Mm. As, Car- as Carl was saying, it became a lot more about spectacle and big huge moments. Yeah, social media also played its own part. I mean, like I don't think. Game ball happens with the fans. Definitely not. I completely I'm agree with you. Yeah. I, even I'm watching for it. You know, because on Sky Atlantic, they, they aired the previous episode before this episode, and I watched that again. And like, I was prepared to kind of accept Jamie and Cersei's death because I was quite mad about it last week, but I actually I understand it a bit more now that I watched it again. Well, I like it more than I liked it last yeah, week as well. But yeah. the Game Bowl. It still didn't make any sense. It just no, looked no, it cool, just, but that, that's what we're saying. Yeah. Like, as in, as far as Spectacle beginning to dominate the show, like, it did just look cool. Yeah, you know, the same way the Battle of the Bastards was a phenomenal episode. But at the end of the day, it does involve Jon Snow surviving, like, a thousand horses charging at him at the yeah. same time. You know, or, like, the way they survive when they go beyond the wall to capture the white. You know, yeah. it, it just Well, there's become... suspension of disbelief, and now there's just, you know, just doing things because people say they're cool. You right, know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. kind of... I, I think, know. though, just to answer your question, I think ultimately, I don't know if the show had anything more to say than absolute power corrupts absolutely, which the show itself became a victim of because I remember working in like a, a magazine when the very first publicity stills and press releases were coming out about mm-hmm. it. No one knew how big the show would be. Like, no one could see this show being the show. I mean, I think back to a show like Lost, yeah. and I wonder if Twitter was around then, would Lost have been even bigger? And possibly it would have. And we had yeah. a lot more kind of uh, up to the minute kind of think pieces written after the fact and seconds after the show was aired. Maybe it would have been. I think Lost was the last time I. I can remember a show that people were staying up until five in the morning to yeah. watch the ending of and this is very very similar plus we're also seeing it in a time when people have their opinions out and their threads and their think pieces and everything happening all at once and that led to the show being turned on so hard like, the show itself got fucking red wedding by the fans in this episode or in the season in the last few episodes to such a degree that I don't know what the fallout is I mean we've seen a lot of entitlement from people who don't seem to understand how shows work <laughs> yeah. um, and also at the same time it's like well what, what were your expectations from this whole thing anyway I enjoyed the ride I enjoyed getting up in the morning to watch it yeah. I, I, and I never got bored of like sitting down and that amazing theme tune kicking in I just don't think there's not a lot under the hood when you really get to the end of it but for about four seasons it was genuinely brilliant yeah. I think people will look back on it way more favourably than they're looking at it now I think it's going to be totally sort of shorn and stripped of the credit it deserves like because its latter seasons were definitely weaker than yeah. its earlier seasons but I think in hindsight they look a lot stronger than they look right now um, especially when it's kind of taken as a package together because like you know I think all shows up to and including Lost or The Wire or The Sopranos they all have weak uh, peaks and like you know, they have peaks and troughs and like weak moments I think it's very unfortunate for Game of Thrones that it's some of its weaker moments and it's more rush moments and thin moments have come at the very very end that's unfortunate mm. uh, I think they kind of blew their load too fast but I think when people look back, they'll see a show that was for a very long time incredibly tight, uh, managed to develop so many characters and interwoven stories mm. uh, in a way that's probably unprecedented uh, and a show that delivered on every level visually and in terms of spectacle, you know, like kind of Lord of the Rings times a million. Mm. Um, so I think people will look back and they will they will appreciate Game of Thrones more than they are right this very second. Uh, and I would I would definitely submit, like you're saying, Dave, people didn't realise how good it was going to be. I saw a headline from 2011 earlier on today that was like, the headline is New York Times. And it was like, sorry, Game of Thrones, you're no boardwalk empire. Oh, wow. You know, I was just oh like, you know, God. like, so, you know, you got to look at these things in terms of trajectory and in terms of perspective. And I think when we look back at, you know, the defining television 
of the 2010s yeah. nobody's going to say anything besides Game of Thrones oh exactly you know like yeah. nobody's going to say Breaking Bad nobody's going to say Ozark nobody's going to say anything besides Game yeah, of Thrones yeah yeah Ozark what the hell yeah, yeah, yeah. nobody's going to say Ozark nobody. yeah Jason no, Bateman no, no, Ozark. nobody was ever going to say Ozark nobody I'm, likes Millhouse yeah <laughs> yeah uh, is it kind of like Harry Potter is it kind of like this is the biggest thing of its kind the big, as big as it could be it's literally are we, iconic which are brings we ever problem. gonna see yeah. something this big ever again yeah of course oh yeah I so? mean yeah we will for sure yeah I would probably I you know I think it's a bit more like uh, I don't know I wouldn't necessarily compare it to Harry Potter Harry Potter obviously has it's it's kind of uh, undefeatable because it has the same it has the same impact on kids as it does on adults. Yeah. So you're basically like doubling your market. True. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you know Harry Potter is just it just permeates everybody's brain. Mm. Whereas like Game of Thrones, as you can see, lots of people don't watch it and and stuff like that. Like and I think you know I think in Ireland because we get a lot of shows. Uh, or like there's a lot of shows from the US that we don't get over here mm. but Game of Thrones is one of them that we do get I think in Ireland we actually have a, we have an amplified idea of how big of a deal Game of Thrones well, also is also we filmed it here I think that's yeah that's and huge. that's a big thing too I mean? and a lot of Irish actors Northern Irish actors British yeah. actors you know that also feeds into it um, a lot of Irish oh by the way classic Irish moment in this episode was you know Grey Worm's name in uh, his language is Torgo Nudo and uh, Liam Cunningham Sir Davos being like Torgo Nudo am I saying that right now you know like he's literally (laughs) like am I like literally like your dad talking to someone with a name from anywhere besides Ireland yeah Uh, which I I really like that there'll always be something I hope it isn't uh, like the Lord of the Rings or the is it the Wheel of Time series because Jeff Bezos has been desperate for Amazon to have a Game of Thrones like beater for a long time and I hope it doesn't come off Uh, can I ask you did you uh, in the whole show can you pick one favourite character I don't know actually go and go first as you you can think of it yeah yeah I well we're actually over time, uh-huh. right? Uh, and the reason I'm stopping you there is because uh, that's all from us this week. You can join us next week for a bonus episode. So as much Woo! as I'd love to explore that with you now, Dave, I think we've a whole, you know, to really uh, give us a bit of time to digest Game of Thrones, to really talk about the series as a whole, we need to come back next week and we need to th- talk about the phenomenon that was Game of Thrones. We're, we're touching on it here, but I think there's just a whole other episode on this. Um, who's your favourite character before you go, though? <laughs> Oberyn. Oberyn, yeah. I, I think Prince Oberyn I think for me pound is, uh, for pound, good answer. Yeah. Got I in, got out, got his job done. That's it. Prince Oberyn for me was really impactful. You yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I would agree with Dave on that. Uh, but there's different you know, characters that do different functions. Do you know what I mean? So like we can, we can explore all that next week. Okay, so that's Kyber. all from that. Us Kyber. this week. You can join us next week for a bonus episode discussing the series as a whole and what we can expect from the Game of Thrones team in the future. Are we going to watch the, the prequels, guys? I probably will at the start, at least, anyways. No, you know? I think I've had enough. I think I'm, I, you know. I mean, you say that now, but then it comes around and you just don't have anything better to do. And that's how, that's how TV works, you know? Mm, like, yeah. you always think you're going to have better stuff to do. But depends if on, we had better stuff to do, TV wouldn't exist anymore. Yeah, well, <laughs> so, it depends on who's talking about it. You know, if, if enough people are talking about it, I'll probably be peer pressured into it. In the right. same way <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. with Breaking Bad or Orange is New Black. Um... Okay, so you can tweet the show by using the hashtag the North Awaits with your complaints, queries and jokes uh, because we've no more predictions. Um, no. no more real hot takes or fan theories anymore. You know, that's kind of, that's it. You can also tweet Carl at TV's Carl Kinsella and Michael at Big Dirty Fright and Dave Hanratty at Hanratty Dave. This week we have a question for you. What would you like to, us to cover next? So Game of Thrones is over. What would you like us to cover next? Let us know. I've been Michael Fry. Uh, that's been Dave. That's been Carl. We'll hear from you next week. <laughs>